0: Hey, hey, this series is for information and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So don't delay or disregard professional medical advice based on the information provided. And as always, if this is a medical emergency, dial 911.
1: Welcome to Going to Hell. For people from people.
2: Hey, Dr. Downing, you were mentioning how you're saying younger patients coming in. Are surgeries becoming more of the thing or are you still trying to you form a
0: physical therapy? Do most of these modern injuries need surgical care? Usually not. I think most of them can be managed conservatively with physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy. But the concern has to be, again, you have
2: kids from 15 to about 25. I mean, we won't stop swiping, we're not gonna stop taking selfies, we're not gonna stop playing video games. I mean, there's gotta be a real concern what's gonna happen in 20, 30 years, I mean.
0: It's highly addictive and at some point there's gonna have to be some disconnect from our hands and that's when you kinda plug in the port in the back of your neck and I don't know when, yeah, microchip in your wrist or something. So, are there other common injuries besides avocado hand and gamer's thumb? The classic position to make your median nerve in the front of your wrist, which controls sensation to your thumb, index finger, middle finger, and half of your ring finger, the best way to irritate that nerve is to have your wrist forcefully flexed and have your fingers forcefully flexed. So, you're trying to hold the phone as relaxed uh, with a relaxed as possible hand and trying to push the button at the same time and it's just very strenuous. And you do that over and over and over and over and you're gonna get median neuritis and potentially carpal tunnel syndrome.
1: Haley, do you take a lot of selfies? Oh, all the time, (laughs) every day. I don't leave the house, a selfie a day, no. There was an interesting, I don't know if you see this a lot, but an interesting, I guess I'll call it modern injury that I saw from the hospital. Actually a patient came in through the ER and he was working with a power uh, paint sprayer Mm -hmm. and the paint, he actually was looking at it, trying to fix it, Mm -hmm. it got clogged and the paint sprayed his finger. He actually had paint all throughout his hand because right, it goes in one point and it expands. What is? What are those injuries called? And how?
0: Those are devastating. Those give me uh, like almost nausea. Those are high pressure injection injuries. Those are those can cause hand and or finger compartment syndromes or infections. And especially yeah, I, these oil based paints. That yeah, we found to get paint out.
1: all in his. There's one injection yeah. site here, and there's paint all the way down here inside of his hand.
0: Yeah, so it follows those paths of least resistance, and so it'll go between the skin and the fascia. Which is the thick undercovering over the muscle and tendons, and it'll just fill the whole spaces with no exit site. Yeah. I'm looking at Carlos's face, going, "Oh my gosh!" Uh-huh. Sometimes people end up severing a nerve, and then they need a nerve machine. How do you usually repair nerves? We usually place the hand in a, some kind of stationary object, and the patient has to be under general anesthesia. So we have loops on, and with those loops, I can I can see the small uh groups of fascicles which are basically they look like a the nerve looks like a coaxial a coaxial What's a fascicle a fascicle <laughs> is like help me here doc is like a string uh and you can see the groups of strings of okay. the of the nerve and it looks like a coaxial cable that you might oh, plug okay. into an old now CRT that I know. uh tv I, I don't know. that but, I yeah, see. sorry it's generational <laughs> and uh and, and so I have no idea, yeah. So, so those fascicles, you can, in the smaller nerves, there's usually just one group, and you try and line up those groups. And, and we use what's called 8.0 nylon, which is a type of suture that's as fine as hair. You pass through the, the epineurium, which is the outer covering or casing of the nerve, and you can pull the, the nerve ends together. So can you reattach a nerve after a period of time, or does it need to be done? Is there a certain window? With the sensory nerves, there's really no known due date or expiration date, but the motor nerves have an expiration date, and that would be around one year.
1: Since, you know, we've had the pleasure of being in the operating room together, I kind of wanted to share some of the things that I know that you specialize in, which is endoscopic surgery. We Mm -hmm. do a lot of like arthroscopic, endoscopic, meaning we use cameras to go into the joint, which it's incredible. There's, you know, a lot of shoulder surgeries are done um, arthroscopically, but Dr. Downing can do it actually in the wrist and even in the finger joints. And that's an entire new setup with a very, very small scope. Mm -hmm. So maybe tell us a little bit about that. That's fascinating. I want to know more.
0: Sure. So you can do nerve releases in the wrist and the elbow for nerve compression syndromes, including carpal tunnel syndrome, which is a nerve compression syndrome in the wrist, and cubital tunnel syndrome, which is a nerve compression syndrome in the elbow. And it can be done under general anesthesia, sedation with local anesthesia, or wide awake. And it's or also wide down on a stick. Or biting on a stick, yeah, (laughs) exactly. But I think the local anesthesia is is an interesting prospect because we can inject epinephrine with the local anesthetic, let it rest for 30 minutes, and then we bring them back to the operating room, and we can make the incision on the skin, and it doesn't bleed. And that's because of the epinephrine.
2: So there's been some significant advancements with carpal tunnel uh, surgeries.
1: How big are the incisions Uh, in comparison?
2: Yeah. yeah. Because I, I again, I've been in the workforce for such a long time. I used to work for the grocery stores uh, when I was a kid, and I remember a lot of the checkers uh, because of that repetitive hitting the buttons. They wound up getting carpal tunnel on both wrists, and then they wound up getting the surgery, and they were they were done. Like, they pretty much were out. They couldn't go back to work, and so I, it seems to me that there's been a big advancement uh, in technology on how that surgery is performed, and I'm assuming it's probably successful
0: very higher successful rate of yeah. the individual coming back. Yeah, I think so. You're doing less tissue trauma with the endoscopic approach. The compressive dressing comes off in 3 days. You have a waterproof dressing. You can wash your hair, do bathroom care, prep your food, not in that order. Go um, Surfing. You <laughs> can go snowboarding. You can well, you
2: can <laughs> go, no, maybe not.
0: And you, and you can move your wrist yeah. and your fingers That's and your sorry. hand and you can yeah, you can do Texting, keyboarding, you can, you can still use your hand. I don't immobilize. So the patients are recovering more quickly, in my opinion, in my practice. And I, I actually even offer bilateral carpal tunnel releases endoscopically. So you do both sides at the same time. I did that in a 69-year-old today. And she saw the value, which is one session of general anesthesia, one rehab after both wrists are done, And there's actually literature to support this. And the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery from June of 2014, this is one big landmark flagship article within my relevant body of orthopedic literature that I always quote because it proved to me that I could make that leap because I had literature to support it, which is patients who have one side done wish they had both sides done if they have it on both sides. And patients that had both sides done are glad that they didn't have one at a time. And the reason being, and the rationale behind not doing one at a time, is you have one limb decommissioned from surgery, which intrinsically you're going to think, I need to like, protect that and not use it. So I'm going to overuse my other side, which still has carpal tunnel syndrome, and it's going to get worse. Right. So now I have a stiff post-operative hand and a worse carpal tunnel hand when I could have had both done and using them because can't use your hands, can't really do much. And so I have had a big following of patients that are looking for both sides done at the same time.